Welcome back to another episode of Is This Making Sense? Dialogues on the pursuit of wisdom, balance, leadership, and everything in between. My name is Eric Johnson. I'm here with Seth Gray, and today's episode is called Are You Walled Off? Do you put your guard up? Uh, the whole premise is about vulnerability. That's what we want to talk about today. Um, Eric has really challenged me in this area, and uh, I'm just I'm just not a vulnerable person. I don't I don't let a lot of people in. Which is interesting to me because I'm I'm not I mean I I'm I wouldn't say I'm the opposite, but when I feel safe around around my people, uh, I don't really have a lot of barriers. So I'm interested to kind of talk through how, how we've landed in a different place, Seth. And so at this point, uh, you know, I don't know what have you what have you what, what have you been thinking about? Well, first first of all, if if when you hear the the thing of being walled off or vulnerability or, or not being vulnerable with people. Uh, I'm not Brene, Dr. Brene Brown. So if you're listening to this, you're not going to get a lot of statistics from me. You're not going to get a lot of like, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a lot of well-researched academia thoughts. You're, it's just my thoughts on why I'm not a vulnerable person and maybe you connect or don't connect with it. But, um, you know, I just want to lay that up front. Yeah, I actually listened to her vulnerability TED Talk recently. And as much as I love Brene Brown, and I do, she uses the word research and my research and the research in her talk, like every <laughs> every fourth sentence is like, okay, we get it. You've done a lot of research. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But so so here, here's the deal for me. I'm not a vulnerable person and, and it comes from a lot of things. Let me, let me say this. First of all, there's nothing I feel like I'm ashamed of. There's nothing that I've gone through and felt like uh, an experience, which has pushed me into like, don't reveal yourself to people. In fact, I have a great family. I grew up in a great family, great, healthy parents, great uh, brother and sisters, just a great environment. But I think for me, Early on, and this might be a strength turned up too loud. We talk, we talk about our strengths being turned up too loud, and when that happens, our strengths can be a detriment. And so, early on, I just I just learned um, to to set people up to, to to carry the conversation, to set people up for them to shine in a conversation. And I think you know we can expound upon that because a lot of different things. But early on, I realized if I can get someone else talking. They can have, they can enjoy the conversation. I can learn a lot about them because I'm very interested and curious about other people. So by me setting someone up for success, by asking more questions, what in turn happens is that I don't answer a lot of questions. Does that make sense? It does. I guess the first question that comes to my mind is thinking about birth order. Like where do you fall in your family? Cause I think that may have something to do with something. So, uh, I'm one of four. I'm the third. So older sister, brother, me, and then a younger sister. Okay. So you're a middle, I'm somewhat of a middle child. I wonder what that has to do with it. Cause I imagine that has I'm very much, some part I'm, I'm very much a, a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a peacemaker. So, uh, it was notorious when me and my brother were going up, growing up and, uh, we would get in fights, like literally wrestling, you know, he's really ticked off at me and my mom would come in the room and he's like, got me pinned down on the ground and she'd start, you know, yelling at us, get off of him. And I, my first thing was, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. And I don't know why, but <laughs> she would get upset with me for <laughs> defending him while he was totally on top of me, you know, hurting me. That's interesting. Yeah. That's just a whole side note. Uh, so, I mean, for you, how do you answer this question of, and I want to ask you the question, what does vulnerable mean? What does it mean to you? So, so yeah, that's a, I'm glad you asked that because 
there's nothing I'm like afraid of. I'm not afraid of taking risks. In fact, a, a lot of things I've done and, and you know, it, it have had great experiences by taking risks. So the whole idea of, of people that are not vulnerable because they don't want to take a risk, that really doesn't apply to me. And so when I think of vulnerability, that's, it's more of like sharing something really personal to me. Um, and so that that's when I think of vulnerability, it's like me being able, and it's kind of like what we talked about last week, the whole accountability thing. I, I, I struggle with like being vulnerable in a, a more group setting where I'm told, Hey, this is a small group. This is where you're supposed to come and share. And I'm just not into that. Which but is, you are. And how, how did you get to that place of you being more of like an open book? Well, before we get there, I just want to dig into this a little bit deeper. Uh, is it a spotlight issue? Do you not like being, is it because if you're not afraid, you say you're not afraid, there's not a risk involved to share. Like what is your obstacle? What is in the way? Is it you just don't want to be the center of attention or you don't want people looking at you? Like what, what is that? Cause I'm not sure that there's not a risk for you. So I'll, I'll be very vulnerable here because I, I don't like to hurt people's feelings, but let me just say this. I've been in situations where someone has been very vulnerable it is not worked out. And everybody else in the group is like, uh, whoa, you revealed a lot there, brother. And, and no one else in the group knows where to go with it. So I, I, I'm just aware. I'm very self-aware. So if I can set someone up to have a great time to whatever it might be, reveal and maybe comfort and encourage them. But at the same time, I'm like, whoa, I, I just learned a lot about you. And I was not expecting that. And I'm not trying to be judgmental, but Okay, uh, that's uh, I've picked up a lot there, and so therefore I won't reveal a lot because I'm like, I know how what I'm thinking when someone has revealed a lot to me, and uh, you know I I'm just very self aware, so I just keep it going. I keep the conversation going. I keep the room. You know the way I look at myself is is like a point guard. Uh, I learned early on. Look, I'm not big and I'm not fast and I can't shoot, but I'll get picked up on pickup basketball games at the park or, or in, at the high school or whatever it was, people would let me play because they knew I was going to pass the ball. And that's kind of like my MO. That's part of my strength is that I'm looking to set up my teammates and I'm looking to set up other people to succeed. So therefore I'm passing the ball, you know, uh, I take the ball, pass the ball. And so that's kind of how I am with conversations and friendships. And that's why I'm a bit guarded is because I'm just always setting people up and I don't want to set myself up because uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if any of that made sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. I still come back to the idea. Is there, you know, you say that you've seen people overshare and you don't want to be that guy. So is it that I, I just come back to the idea? Is there a risk? Is, is there actually a risk involved that you're not aware of or not admitting to? I, I would say, yeah. Okay. So here's the risk. The risk is I've seen a lot of people overshare, uh, open up and it's held them back. So therefore, if I play my cards close to the chest, and I just keep a poker face. I keep it even kill. I don't go too high. Don't get you know too low. That's helped me out in life. So by not revealing too much, and not in a negative thing, but just kind of you know reading the room and realizing, okay, this is what my boss likes and doesn't like. This is how I'm going to be. So I'll be a chameleon, and <laughs> um, or I realize, okay, this is this is how the room is going to be. This is how you know. I, so I'll just play, you know, hold my cards close to the chest. And that has served me very well. 
So your motive to me, it sounds like for not being vulnerable is self-preservation. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Thank that's, you. That's the three in you. Okay. The achiever okay. in you. Like yeah. we talked yeah. about the chameleon before. Yeah. You, yeah. You, 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 like you, you, what do you say? Uh, know the room. We've talked about that. It was yeah. scanning the room and knowing your place and how to kind of read the room. Read the room. There it is. Reading the yeah. room. Yeah. I, yeah. I read the room and reading the rooms helped me so much to the, my strength is turned up so loud that I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reveal too much. Um, but you know what? The opposite you, you are, you are very vulnerable with people and that draws people in and I've seen it and you've led with it and it has served you so well. How did you get to that place? Thank you for saying that. Um, you know, I actually haven't put a lot of thought into that leading up to this conversation. I feel unprepared, but, um, you know, cause growing up, I was not this vulnerable. I was not this way. I felt very insecure. did not know my place. I, there was not a lot of people like me, but I, I don't know. I just said, I just, um, I think maybe as a one, I, honesty is really important to me. Like full blown honesty is very important to me. I can't, I'm almost incapable of lying. I feel like anytime I've lied in my life, I immediately get like a stomach ache and want to throw up because I just can't lie. And so I think that's, I'm not, not to say that if you're not vulnerable, you're dishonest. It's just, I have a hard time holding certain things back. And I've also been, especially in my adult life, lucky and fortunate, blessed, whatever you want to call it, to have a, a lot of great and safe relationships. And I think when you feel safe, you're able to thrive and you're able, you know, you're able to kind of blossom. And so I've felt very safe and I've been around a lot of people who make me feel safe and never betrayed my trust. So it's been, it has been, um, I don't have to self-preserve in that way. So I'm able to share and I've watched the fruit of it. Like I, I also don't like small talk. Seth, I hate small talk. <laughs> and so I was like, I want to know how somebody's actually doing. Like, I don't know. So I guess for me, it's just, it has been more natural. I, but, I don't have to try it. It just comes natural. But, but you talked about insecurity growing up and not feeling like you fit in. So obviously there had to be a moment. Was it when you went to college, when, when you moved uh, into Georgia? Is, it's just, you've always been like that, even though you've been insecure? Uh, what used to be is what I'm saying. I don't think I've always been this way. Um, you know, my, my high school and collegiate career looked career looked nothing like this. I mean, I was a very heavy drug user in those days and I was just, I was a very much a chameleon fitting into environments I shouldn't have fit in and, and it was just ugly. And so I didn't even know who I was. I'd look in the mirror and literally didn't know who I was. And it wasn't, I, I'd probably say when I got, when I really met Sandy is when it really started taking off and I started to flourish as a human. Uh, and, and, I would say that's when I really started to figure out, oh, this is who I am. And this, I actually like this person I, and I want people to know this person. So I would say it was really my adult life when it started to take, take shape. Interesting. Well, let me, let me just, in order for me to self uh, preserve myself, I'm not a liar at all. I can't stand lying. And the moment I have lied, I feel so convicted by it. So <laughs> I don't want you to think because I'm, I'm well, not no. being vulnerable. Uh, it, it's just that it's, it's just one of those things. And it's, I think, I don't know, maybe females are better at vulnerability than guys, but I've just never felt like I could, um, you know, it, it, I was just focused on, I'm focused on my family and I'm focused on work. And so I, you know, because of Hannah, I feel like I can tell her anything and be, you know, I, she's the person I'm like, okay, I got one person. Great. I'm good to go. Um, and you know, and <laughs> no offense to, to you or anybody else that's listening. I mean, I, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just, I just struggle with it. 
You know, I wonder with you with the you know because I I think I'm not sure if you're a three on the enneagram with a wing two so the achiever with the wing of the helper or you're a helper with the wing of the achiever because helpers often is that Virginia? Yeah, Virginia is barking. <laughs> helpers often put everyone else first. They yeah. put everyone else first to their detriment, and so you could conversationally be constantly putting others first to your detriment. I mean, not to say it's to your detriment, but to, to the, to the detriment of your own vulnerability, because you're more concerned about bringing others out, making other people feel safe, letting them getting their story out than sharing yours. And you've maybe feel selfish to even share yours. So I wonder if there's a, I wonder if there's a help, help over a strength turned up too loud. Again, I'm not trying to point fingers at you and say, not, you know, but I'm just kind of maybe just trying to diagnose some things. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fine. I, I, I need it. I need it because, but let me, just, let me just say, there's some people that need to read the room more and they need to be more <laughs> self-aware. And I've been in a lot of situations where people have just, I'm like, whoa, you know? And, uh, <laughs> you know, so let me, let me put this caveat out there. If you are just like, hey, I tell it like it is, this is how I feel. Maybe you should reel it back in a little bit. <laughs> dial you know? it back. Yeah, dial it back. This is just, this, this, this for me is jumping ahead in, in my notes. I want to, I'll, I'll backtrack from this, but while we're on it, yeah, I will say this is an area that I have struggled with even recently, like being too vulnerable in that, especially now that I'm in a leadership role, like I can be very self-effacing, which is good. Like you, I, I want to kind of let people know that I, I don't think I'm great. You know, I'm, I, I, I struggle or I'm terrible at this, which is good. It's a vulnerability. It's an honesty, but as a leader, it can make people feel less than confident. Like, oh, if he's not good, why is he in this role? Or why is he why is he in charge of me? And so I've I've learned that, you know, I've got to dial back some of the self-effacing language that I use. Or like you said, there's that person in the room that has no filter whatsoever and is sharing their whole sob story. It's like, dude, I literally just met you. I don't need to know all this information right now. So there's a like everything we talk about, there's balance. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think what you're what you're getting at and I'm glad you brought that up is that basically it, a lot of whether you're leading someone and you want to be vulnerable or you're in you're you're working with coworkers and you want to be vulnerable or it's personal things, it's a lot of built on trust. And so let me let me talk about like the work environment where I'm vulnerable. I, I might be more vulnerable in a work environment because I want to call out the elephant in the room. And that is something that I think I've done wrong or the way in which I'm view, I think people view me. So I will be vulnerable and go, wait a minute, there's a lot I don't understand here and I might've missed it. And so I'm totally fine with doing that, but it goes back to, well, what's my motive? My motive is because I feel like uh, people are already doubting me and people are looking. So I'm going to be vulnerable so that I can, people know, I can know where people, how they view me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 my, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to establish trust. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think that's what you do is that you, you want people to trust you. And so you'll lead with that. You want, you, you want to trust others. I want to cultivate real relationships. Yeah. So for me, you know, if I, if I ask my, myself the same question I asked you, what does it mean? For me, vulnerability means allowing others to truly see you, to truly see you is what vulnerability is. And maybe that's not, maybe that's an incomplete definition, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. And so in order to allow people to see you, you got to take your walls down. You got to let your guard down. You got to be honest and truthful about both your strengths and your weaknesses. And so that, that's what it means for me. And so as a result of doing that, you can have real relationships. 
like what uh, my buddy Caleb Panther, he's been on this podcast before. I think one of his core values, life principles, is I think it's called confident vulnerability because real invites real. This idea that being real invites other people to be real, and I love that. Yeah, and and this is and I I so when I hear that, that's inspiring for me because I know I need to grow in this area, and I know that uh, I'm not reaching my full potential unless unless I can you know. Um, let my guard down and lean into the idea of vulnerability and sharing mistakes or whatever it might be. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just thoughts. And so it's inspiring me when I hear guys like Caleb talk on our, our podcast to make sure if you haven't heard that it was man, almost over a year ago, Caleb, man, he had some really good stuff. So mm-hmm. if you haven't heard that podcast, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to what he has to say, but it's, it's, it's seeing people, like Caleb and seeing people like you that encourages me and inspires me to be more vulnerable and open up. Um, so, you know, it, it's something I know I need to work on. So I'm going to return to that, that statement here in a minute, but I wanted to keep going on, on a path before we, we start talking about something, one other thing, but um, I want to talk about like, what, what is it? What's the allure of vulnerability? Because if you've been around somebody who's honest and vulnerable, you see that, wow, there's some, there's something special about that. And I think about this, maybe it's not a good picture, but like how many people just really hate puppies or hate dogs? I mean, some people aren't, aren't dog people, but it's really hard to dislike like a golden retriever. <laughs> like they're just the best. Like your dog, Virginia, that we just heard, they're the best. And you know why? Because they don't hold anything back. They have nothing to hide. They're full on unconditional with you. And I think that's what's beautiful about somebody who is honest and vulnerable. They're not holding anything back. And there's something very alluring and desirable and disarming about that. Yes. Yeah. You're does right. That, does that work? Yeah. I, 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 you're exactly right. And I think, Vulnerable people in the right context, in the the right way, are very, like, uh, lack of a better word, attractive. You know, they're inspirational, I would say. Um, And so, you know, it's, you know, good vulnerable people, you know, you know them when you see them, you know. You're like, man, I appreciate that. That was was really honest. Um, and then there's the other people that are just sharing everything and you're like, okay, that's, that's a big turnoff. So I don't know. I, I, you know, you're right. You're right. I love Virginia. She's the best. She's a, uh, 50 pound solid black, uh, labradoodle. I love it. Yeah, she's she's a sweet. She's really golden sweet. doodle. I'm sorry. You we know have, how much I love my dog. It's a golden doodle. We have a picture of her actually in this little photo book that we that we read to our kids sometimes, and so we look at that. Uh, I have a few more examples of, of yeah. kind of vulnerable people that 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 hopefully we can relate to. So a show that I love, Parks and Rec. There's a character on that show named Andy Dwyer, and he's a bit of a buffoon, <laughs> but he does. There's nothing he can, he doesn't even know how to hide anything. And as a result, he's not a threat to anyone. He just goes around making people genuinely just pretty happy because again, he's himself through and through. He doesn't know what to do or what to hide. And he's just so lovable. It's like, he's the human equivalent of a golden retriever. That is, that is a great example. That is, that is a great example. And so what I hear is he, he, he just goes around, does his thing, but how far is he going to get career wise at the city hall? And so that's what I think of is that I'm afraid to maybe, I don't know. It's not that I'm being double-minded or deceitful or anything like that. I mean, I'm, man, I'm, I'm just always passing the ball. You know, I'm always looking to set everybody up is, is what I feel like to do. And what happens is I'm not vulnerable and, 
I'm thinking about how it impacts work. I'm thinking how it impacts my professional, how people view me. That's so I have Sandy, outside of work too. I have Sandy in my head saying, well, like what is the balance there? Like what is more important being yourself, being true to you and having true and honest, real relationships or getting ahead in life? Like wh- which one's more important? It's that balance. Well, I'm not, <laughs> it sounds like I'm really like, I'm, I'm just uh, like Gordon Gecko or something, you know, I'm just, you know, trying to get to the top. But what I'm saying is, is that it's just, you know, yeah, you're right. There is a balance. And I, I think the other thing that I struggle with is that something personally that is, is a big conviction to me. And that is, um, whether it's like gossip or maybe accidentally like th- throwing someone under the bus, like the things that I feel very vulnerable about and I want to share. I only share with Hannah because then I don't feel like it's like gossip and I'm not sharing my frustrations without somebody, you know, that's someone that's not my spouse, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. So therefore I'm like, I'll tell Hannah everything. Um, and therefore I feel like I got my fix of vulnerability. I guess maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by, the, by the way, we should just probably title this session, uh, session, counseling session. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to attack you in any ways, but no, I, mean, I, I am it. enjoying this conversation. So here, here's what I consider vulnerability for people who, so I have a person on my team and this person is not a big talker. They're very private. And anytime that they are more conversational and I, I talked to, her, to this person recently and she said, when you speak up, it's a bit of a gift for me and it's a bit of a gift for the team, especially when we do it at a team meeting. Like it is a gift to get to see you and hear you because we, I see all the work you're doing. You do great work. But when I, when I get to see you and hear your thoughts and your heart, it literally is a gift to me because I, I want to know you more. And so I would just say for you, Seth, like how many people really know you? How many people really know Seth? And, and how many people are you sharing the gift that God has given of yourself with others? Okay. Conviction, challenge, accepted, all of that. It's good. Just for a side note, uh, if you're, if, if anybody else is wondering, so Eric and I have talked about how, if we should share our stories, like our, our testimonies on the podcast. And I'm like deathly afraid of doing that. I'm like all for it, Eric, go for it, but I'm not. <laughs> and, and there, I haven't even shared my, my full story with Eric. Yeah. Um, I've asked so, you about 1300 times. Yeah, he just well, keeps putting me off. Yeah. I, I wanted to share another story that like, I, I don't want to go into too much of a tangent, but there's, there, do you watch America's Got Talent at all? I know there's been a jillion seasons, but do you yes. ever watch it? So yeah. about two years ago, I think it was two years ago, there was this, this character, this guy on there, his name was Cody Lee. And he had, he's either autistic or down syndrome or a little of both. I'm not sure, but he was also blind. And so he gets up on stage and he's got his mom with him who's helping him and he can't fully talk right. And they're doing the whole pre-interview thing with, with, um, what's Simon Cowell. And just like, what is this guy going to do? And then she has, his mom has to lead him to the, to the piano and he sits down and he can't see. And she's making sure his hands are in the right spot. And you're like, what, what is this going to be? And then he, he plays the first few notes and it's like, oh, wow, he knows how to play the piano. And it was, it's a song, I don't know who the original author is, but the version of it that I love is by Michael Bublé and it's called A Song For You and it's one of my most favorite songs. And he plays this song and just destroys it. He just, he just destroys it. It's so wonderful. And you see, you see this person who previously could barely even communicate. And, and when he's singing, he's making these funny faces and he looks a little silly and whatnot, but he's putting his full heart into it. You can literally see his heart on stage. And so I watch this in the bathtub, like I watch a lot of my content and I'm sit, <laughs> sitting there 
weeping. I mean, bawling. And I don't, I'm not a person who cries often. I, I'm not a crier at all, honestly. Uh, I'm more so later in life. But did, and I was just bawling and bawling and bawling and bawling. I was like, why do I feel this way? Like, what what is going on? And I feel like the Lord showed me like that. Cody Lee has zero to hide. He he can't hide anything. He has nothing to hide. And he showed me and the rest of America everything that he had to, had to have. Had he, had he had to offer it. And I loved every bit of it. And I just felt so, it was just the most, I felt like he was the most beautiful human being I'd ever seen as a result of him putting himself fully out there. And I thought, how, how can I do that? Granted, I'm not, I don't have the same story at all, but like this guy that has, I don't know, it's just, it was just the most beautiful picture of what it means to be human to me, where you're just, there's no, there's no guard. He had everything. I mean, his, there was no guard. I just, I don't know. When I thought about vulnerability, I thought about Cody Lee and you can watch it. If you want to go look at it, search up Cody Lee, his audition. It's the very first performance he does for, it's a song for you. And if you don't cry, there's something wrong with your heart because it's the most (laughs) beautiful thing ever. It's like, I want part of, I want, I want to be like Cody Lee, honestly. I love it. So, so that is, I would say, one of your takeaways is that how can I be fully myself with people, yeah. right? I mean, because I want to progress this conversation in that what, what are the takeaways for the idea of vulnerability and the idea of how it benefits you? Yeah. Yeah. So what does it mean? For me, it means to be seen. What does it require? Courage, bravery, trust a lot. Um, what are the obstacles to it? Fear, pride, shame, embarrassment. Um, what, what do you risk by avoiding vulnerability? I think you keep yourself at arm's length for people and as safe as that might be, it might not be the most enriching, enriching relationships. Uh, and so what, what's the action plan? Like I, I I'm, what, what is that action plan? I, I don't know. I mean, you, you need to start finding those people that maybe, you know, you should relate to better or, or the relationships that you would like to see improve and see what it looks like to maybe just share a little bit more than you're comfortable with. I, I don't know. I don't really have a clear action plan other than just be thoughtful about it and try to push past any of those walls or boundaries you might have set up and see, just see what happens. That's good. I, I don't have any take. I don't have a takeaway to give. So as you just stated all that, I'm, I'm, that's the things that I'm going to write down. That's the things I'm going to try to remember and, uh, for, you know, lean into as the trendy term is to say. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's all good stuff for me to hear. And, um, you know, I, I don't know where else we need to go with this because I, I feel like I owe you a lot for this counseling session already. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I feel scolded, chastised or inspired, um, Hopefully encouraged. Yeah, I feel I do feel encouraged. I let here is one my one takeaway. Here, I mean, uh, one thing to give. Make sure you're reading the room of how vulnerable you are. Just <laughs> just read the room. Let me just give that's my one bit of advice. It served me very well. Read the room and understand that you know what um, you might want to just take a second, think before you speak, and then go. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I will say this episode was your idea, so I'm yes. not feeling too guilty about it. And it's nice that we have me on the on one side and you on the other, because usually we're in like constant agreement. Yes. And it's nice for us to be in two different places. So hopefully our audience um, can kind of find themselves on one of our sides and maybe somewhere in between and, and be encouraged or identify. And I don't know. Hopefully it was worth your time. <laughs> well, you, Eric, you've been an inspiration to me. Continue to be yourself. And I will continue to uh, be, try to be more like you. So, <laughs> oh gosh. Well, thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Is This Making Sense?